This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Jim Gubbout. Man, what a guy Jim is. Just finished up our conversation, and it's amazing to hear from him all the things that he is doing for our community in Biddeford, Saco, York, Cumberland County. Guy's helped with so many things over the years, is working on some pretty active projects right now that I think are going to have a huge impact on the community. And it's just an amazing conversation. If you don't know Jim, this will open your eyes. If you know him well, it'll be awesome to hear from him. Such a great guy, and I appreciate him taking the time. So this is the Randy Forcer Podcast. If you can do me a favor, subscribe on Apple, YouTube, or Spotify. I would really appreciate it. Thank you for all the support on the podcast lately. Um, yeah, I don't take it lightly when people take the time to listen to the conversations that I'm having. So I appreciate it. Thanks again. Here's Jim. All right, Jim Gobelt, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem. Happy to be here, Andy. Yeah, definitely. The reason I wanted to have you on, I know you're a busy guy, is that you're working hard on this My Place Teen Center. You're actually doing this with me inside the project right now. So we'll get a little bit of background footage for the people that are watching online. How are things going with that? Actually, quite well. It's it's a monumental project, as you well know. The church has been closed for about almost 12 years now. So it's in great disrepair because no one's been looking after it. A lot of water damage, a lot of birds had infiltrated the building. So we're, you know, relocating the birds, so to speak, and booting them mm -hmm. out, cleaning their mess up, which is quite significant. And then we're we're working on capital improvements to the building, such as brickwork and and roofing and interior modifications to make it a, a suitable place for the for the local teens in the area. Yeah. So it really had not been in use for twelve years, huh? Just Shut down, nothing going on inside of there. Yeah, unfortunately, the the Catholic diocese was in need of, of funding, so they removed most of the stained glass, most of the pews, anything of value was sold off, and then mm -hmm. just the remnants were left behind here for us to, to deal with. Some of the beautiful stained glass, as you probably remember, oh, it's yeah. just an amazing church here. So it kind of breaks your heart when you look at it, but we've got an idea. It's not going to go back to stained glass, but it's going to go back to something more energy efficient for, for the teen center. It's such a beautiful building with a great history. So to have it just sitting there vacant for that amount of time, yeah, it's unfortunate. So the fact that you're able to do something with it, it's going to be great for the community. So when did you have that vision that you wanted to do this with that place? This was approached to me quite a few years ago, pre-COVID actually. And, mm -hmm. uh, talks were in the play. There was an architect from Portland who put some ideas together for Benefit Housing Authority and the, the My Place Teen Center in kind of a proposed area. And obviously they were looking for, you know, funding was a big piece of it. Looking at the scope of the work takes a unique, unique people to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And I got word of it. I've always supported local teen, as you know, for, yep. in our community here in New York County, in Cumberland County as well. But it was close and dear to my heart to find a, a nice place for these children to learn and aspire some life skills. And I, I think there are many programs in the city, and this is one by far that it does some amazing things for our youth to prepare them for their lives ahead of them. So what is your role? Are you just overseeing it or, or just a point person for it? How's that work? So no, I've been given the job as general contractor. Of course, yeah. it's all in kind. There's no, yeah. there's no money exchange here. So it's kind of what I do as you, you've seen in the past, but yeah. uh, it's the love of my life. I love doing this. I have been working hard with specific contractors. Many are, are very highly skilled people that we need for this project. It's not something that we can have like we did at Waterhouse Field with 300 volunteers for a couple yeah. of days. You know, this Specialists. Week, this is a little bit specialist and we have had some volunteers show up, but it's a different different atmosphere now too. 
But we're spearheading the, the general contracting, managing the whole project uh, for the My Place Teen Center and Benefit Housing Authority. It's like a, a combination of, of entities here that are going to make this happen. We were fortunate enough to secure some funding through York County. York County mm -hmm. was doing some grant programming, and we got a million and a half dollars to kick off this project. It's no a drop kidding. in the bucket for what we need here, but it, it's getting us off the ground to get the roofing and the, the, the brickwork done and some of the electrical major major components of the building. The mechanical system here, big boring and stealing, whatever I can do to, to make this happen. But my company is going to try to in-kind almost the entire portion of that. That's uh, amazing. With some help. You're amazing. I'm, gl I'm glad to spread the word that you're doing that too. So I saw the Bitterford Soccer Rotary Club donated some stuff. Oh, was yeah, yeah as you know... Yeah. There are special people there in that club, and I, and I love right. being a part of them. And we had, about three years ago, the board had decided to put $25,000 towards the kitchen fit out. Which, yeah, which is a fire suppression hood system, Randy, which is yeah. pretty expensive. And so they've, they've given us 25000 towards that. And that's a critical piece of this My Place Teen Center because part of the program here is they feed the children, which could be 80 to 140 kids a day. But they're also teaching them the skills to cook, clean, prepare. So many of these students could aspire to be into the restaurant industry. That is a big, big issue here in the state of Maine. We need help for so. Definitely. Yeah. It's nice to have top-notch equipment. Are you doing any other fundraisers for this besides the grant and just miscellaneous donations from Rotary Clubs and other community organizations? Yeah, I, I wish I had more time to do that, but I, I'm relying on Donna Dwyer, who's the yeah. chief executive officer of My Place Teen Center, to facilitate the, the fundraising portion of it because it's it's a monumental task, as you can well imagine, for me to operate my business and to do this project at the same time. Of course. Uh, as my wife said to me, you know, the day does stop after 12 or 14 hours. You should come home. Absolutely. Um, where, where do you think stand with the project right now? Are you quarter of the way done, halfway done? Where, where would you oh. put that in your mind? We're about 25%, Randy. I mean, we, we've done some significant repairs to the structure outside. We've mm -hmm. vacated the birds that were habitating this building for the last eight or 10 years. And I've had some fabulous, fabulous people here working. They removed about six inches of bird excrement throughout the entire top of the roof ceiling of the church, which is a big round bellow ceiling. And I'll, and I'll take a walk here just so you guys get a, a good indication of that. But they, they had to physically vacuum, shovel, sweep, to get this stuff out of here and it's been an absolute absolute nightmare to do that yeah. seen some properties that that had been kind of taken over from birds and there's bird poop all over the place and i this sounds worse than what i've previously seen so yeah it takes special people to be willing to do that stuff oh yeah we had them gowned up suited up whatever we had to do to keep these guys going but if you can see the backdrop of me here, that's the old ceiling. That was entirely covered with bird estrament through the whole whole area. This is a pretty unique structure built in the early 1900s. And the, the quality and craftsmanship that was done back then, it's just truly, truly amazing. That is I'm amazing. Always, yeah, I'm always awed. So this is this is above the church floor, about 55 feet high, if you will, yep. the next level down. So, And then it goes up to an upper level, which I, I'm not going back up there. It's quite a, quite a haul up there. It's a pretty cool building. And you know, what's kind of neat is, as you know, that this community of, of Biddeford and the type of people we have here, this was built by the, the immigrants from Canada who came down here, the French Canadians that came down here to work in the mills and things. This church was built brick by brick by each and every one of these families that were engaged in this community. 
many of them donating three to five cents a week to buy a few bricks to get this building going. So it took about 20 years to build this whole church out, which that, it just brings goosebumps in my arms here when I think about it dedication and sacrifice these people did. Yeah, we're at the point now that people just drive by it and they just don't even realize what went into building it. And it's kind of cool to be able to bring that back to people's forefront and, and think about the history that's in Biddeford and with this church. And it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, it is. And what always leads to me, and and you've interviewed Coach Curran and the, the work ethic of the people of Biddeford. And I think it goes all the way back to the sacrifices of these French immigrants that came here, many French Canadian immigrants that came back here many years. They taught us how to work hard and to give to others. And it's uh, truly, this building's truly a statement of that. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. What else is going to happen at the teen center besides, we talked about the kitchen and hoping they get some exposure to cooking and that sort of stuff with the kids. But what other types of things will be happening at the teen center? So there's a lot of direct mentoring, homework help, but the, these sometimes are children at, at, at risk. And uh, this is a place for them to find some great mentoring, some people that can help them guide them through life's challenges. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there are many of them. And uh, Apex is next door to this building as well, which is another nice entity involved with the community. Yep. And uh, collaboratively, you know, the, the downs, the, the first floor of this church where the pews were set and the altar was, that'll be the My Place Teen Center. The lower yeah. portion of the building, which was the old parish hall, Randy, if you remember, yep. and uh, there's an old stage down there. That is to be determined. R right now, working with Guy Gagnon from the Biddeford Housing Authority, we're trying to create a space maybe for community down there, maybe it'd be a variety of different community organizations all be housed in this wonderful facility. We have the old convent next door and the old mm -hmm. school next door, which has all been made into over 55 housing, awesome. which yeah. is, is nice for our community. And uh, it, it could be a real collaborative effort here with the different demographics, different age groups in, in this one little corridor of, of Biddeford here on, on Bacon Street. It's a great anchor for the neighborhood. I know things have been improving a lot in that neighborhood over the past 10 years, but I think that something like this just accelerates it even more. So. I think it'll be Absolutely. great for that part of town. Absolutely. You know, we got, it, people need to engage. Benefit was built as a community and we got to keep it engaged as a community to help each other. And, and when we see youth need a lot of, of strength and conditioning today. So, mm -hmm. Is that kind of why you've always been involved in different community service projects? Just always trying to pay it forward, always trying to stay involved. Like why, why do you get involved in as many things as you do? Well, yeah, I, I, many people don't know where I, where I came from. My background, I was, I was born in Biddeford, raised in, in Saco, Maine. My family broke apart at a very young age. And uh, when I was about as early as eight, nine, 10 years old, I was helping to prepare food for my, my younger brothers. I got to be 12. I, I had the opportunity to actually start working with my grandfather and step-grandfather. They were great mentors for me that one was a plumber. The other one was the building contractor. So I was able to start working at a very young age. And I truly understand the word of coming from nothing and, and needing support and having mm -hmm. people to, to help you. And that's always been my guiding light because I've had many mentors in my past that have helped make me what I am today. So I hope to carry that torch and I hope that I can instill those values and ethics in, the, in another generation that can carry it forward as well. Because you know, without, without some of the people that helped me when I was at a young age, I, I don't know where, where I'd be today. So, and I think of my, my step grandfather and grandfather, I was a very young starting to work. Most people would say, oh my God, you started that young, but it was, it was fine. It was what we did. And, and we took care of it. When I got into high school, my, my 
grandfather had passed and I was looking for other opportunities. And uh, another gentleman in the city of Saco took me under his wing for a while. And that was Mr. Don Fogg, who many, many of you may know, or may not know. He built the wooden snow scoops on Ferry Road in Saco. So I spent a lot of time in a back shop, you know, learning how to, in the evening, I'd go to, go to school during the day. And, and, and when I was in early years of high school and then go work there in the evening until I was given the opportunity again that in high school, another person who helped me out was, and, and we've started again here in Benefit, is a cooperative education, which was key to me finishing high school. That was able to yep. work and do my minor classes. And I'm fortunate enough to have a friend like Jeremy Ray to help adopt the same program and Benefit. And I've got three or four employees now that have gone through the same, same thing. And I'll tell you, they are spot on the best people. That's awesome. Yeah, they're doing some good stuff at the high school. Obviously, you know my involvement in the school system. So I'm glad to hear stories like that. You know, people hear about the good things that are going on there, but to hear it from someone like yourself and the way it's impacted your business and the community and stuff, I think it's good for people to hear. So, so did you go on to start your own plumbing and heating business right after high school? Or did you bounce around yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so I worked with an old timer in town who taught a lot of us how to work hard. And that was Rovell Cretion. He was an amazing, he had the greatest heart in the world, but... It was no nothing kidding. for us to work 16 hours a day. <laughs> my mother's, and you you know this, my mother's maiden name's Creech, and I don't actually recognize his name, but I'm sure there's some relation, sure. oh, which yeah. is interesting here. M many people will, will remember Robel's uh, and his his antics and his his work ethic was incredible. But my God, we I work for some, with some of the best people that have now since passed on and learned, learned a lot, lot. I didn't stay there a long time, but I did learn how to work hard, and I ended up carrying the torch on and starting my own company. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough over the years to have hired and, and kept some very, very, very good people. And uh, now we're trying to take those people and train some younger people, you know, for the next generation to carry the torch for us. I mean, that is the cycle in your business. I mean, you've lost a lot of people over the years as well. So it's probably hard to, to keep people, but it does seem like you have a big crew, multiple trucks, right? Doing all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, I think uh, we're one of the biggest ones. Yeah, good. We're we're probably one of the more diverse companies because of the skill sets we carry within our company. Mm -hmm. Is a lot of variety there. We do have a lot of people. Some companies may not be able to perform to quite the quickness that we can with the amount of bodies mm -hmm. we have. So we we can we can perform sometimes more than what others do. So and I have a variety of skills and experience. You know, and I try not to let people retire. Like my one of my oldest here is seventy eight years old right now. So I mean, is that really? And, yeah, so we just keep them keep them going as long as they want to come. I, I'm happy to have anybody who wants to to give and 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 teach the next generation as well at the same time. I've told you this before, but maybe you won't remember. But do you remember when I had that frozen pipe situation? It was probably like I don't know, ten years ago on on South Street. Some I don't oh. know. You, so it sounds like I'm I'm reminding you, but I worked with a different plumber prior to that, and I called them in the heat of the moment. Water's gushing all over the place and they, they couldn't come. They just, they were too busy. They just didn't respond. And we obviously knew each other through the Rotary Club. So I called you, but we hadn't done business prior to that. And you were there the next day. Your guys cleaned it up. Everything was fixed in a week. And I never, ever forgot that. And I, I want you to know how much I appreciate that at the time, but that's the type of person that you are. And I'm sure you're doing that for people all, all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of what we built the business on is, is, is taking care of people in the early days, you, you recall there was telephone books and advertising. We were we were never even listening to telephone books. You know, we just really relied on word of mouth. Yeah. So now it's all internet based and video and everything else. But I mean, it, it's still about 
To me, success in business is really about relationships and how you take care of people. Truth, honesty, and ethics, and, mm -hmm. and work hard is, is just a, I think is it's a win-win for everybody. It's key to it all. So, one other thing I give you a ton of credit for is you never turn down a sponsorship request. You've been great to us. The Little League Softball. I know you sponsor everything under the sun in Biddeford Saco. So, I mean, that's something that we really appreciate too. Have you ever turned down a sponsorship request? <laughs> yeah, we try to we try to really spread it within the community here. And even if I don't have the money, I still do it, and I find a way <laughs> to find that money to happen because I just I'm, I can't say no to anybody. And what I love is youth groups that come to see me personally because that that makes a huge hit for me. I love to teach the young young girls and young boys that come in and do a presentation in front of me. Let's talk face to face because yeah, Grant, you're gonna send me an email or, or a link or something to to donate, and I'm happy to do it, but. You want to go one and above, come see me face to face. It, I, it just means so much more to me. And, and I, I think it's an art that we can't lose. You know, that's so interesting to hear because I, I'm i actually going to do that in the future. Bring my daughter, maybe bring some other girls. And I think we have a picture for you guys to, to have for the office because you sponsored a team and there's a team photo and all that stuff. And maybe I'll hand deliver it. But I'm, I'm so often thinking that people don't want it that type of interaction that everyone's so busy that it's just like, send me an email and yeah, sure. Whatever. We'll sponsor it. But to hear that that's something that you'd want to do. I think it is a, I think it is good. And I think it's good for the, the kids to know how to ask me instead of depending on their parents doing it. So I'll make a point to make that happen. Yeah. Thanks. I, I really, to me, I think it's really, really important. It's because as you just said, we're all in a fast paced society, but we forget about this, this thing that's, built these communities locally here, especially is that one-to-one -one relationship communication piece, a handshake, a laugh, a, a, a hello. I mean, it's, we can't lose that. We just can't lose it. Yeah. No, thanks for reminding me on that. So you had your plumbing heating business for a long time, but you actually acquired Preventure Fuels. So that was, how long ago was that? So this is going on five years now. My friend Roger Preventure, which we worked collaboratively together for many, many years when I first started my business. You know, he was providing fuel, whether it be oil or propane at the time. Oil was a big present way back in the early 80s. Yep. But as, as we've evolved now, it's propane and heat pumps is the big technology now. But Roger was unfortunate enough to come down with brain cancer, geoblastoma, and mm -hmm. went through a rough road. Roger came to see me when he was diagnosed and obviously very emotional because he and I have been friends for a long time. But he said, Jim, you know, I don't want to sell my company to corporate America, would you consider it? And quite frankly, Randy, I had no inclination to, to doing it at the time. I hadn't even never even thought about it. It wasn't on my radar at all, but yeah. Roger was a special friend. And I said, you know what? We're going to keep these small company values. We're going to purchase the company. Knowing Roger was not going to be with us long, he was able to help his wife out for with financially. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to carry the torch and keep the name of Preventure Fuels and try to keep those small company values that again, I just talked about, you know, that relationship thing with, with, with young and old close, close in the air and taking care of our community. So I said, sure, we'll go into debt, Roger, we'll buy your company. And <laughs> we, uh, but you know what, it was a learning curve, but I had the most special people to help me operate it. And that's his, his, his niece, Odina stayed with the company and she's, she's been mm -hmm. solid. Lori, our inside girl on admin stuff has been tremendous with all the compliance stuff. Cause that's something I had to learn was, you know, oil and propane sure. compliance is, is, is a little different than plumbing and heating and AC work. So, but they are tremendous assets and it requires me 
you know, I don't have to consume my whole day thinking about Preventure Fuels because I have these solid people behind me operating it. Mm -hmm. The drivers I have, amazing people. I've been with the company a long time. Yep. Richard Preventure, Roger's brother, still with us. You know, he's, he's had some health issues, but he's still with us helping out. Butch yep. Malik, who's, again, had some health issues, but been driving pro propane and oil trucks for 40 years for Preventure Fuels. So, mm -hmm. and people look for him. They look for him at the fishing dock, the... The memes and pepes of town look for Butch because he'll he'll drop by and say hello and smile. And th that's that's small town community, small town business taking mm -hmm. care of each other. So that's cool that you're able to help out a friend that way, and uh, and help him with some of his wishes. You know, companies are selling to big national companies, so to to find someone local that's able to maintain it, and uh, it's pretty pretty amazing thing. A tribute to him that you're able to do. So very cool stuff. What's the like long term outlook for you? I mean, you're Retirement's not that far away. Do you ever retire? Or you think you're always going to be staying busy? I, I you know what? I, I can't see myself retiring because I couldn't do what I'm doing now in the community, like such as this project here at the church. If yeah. I did, I, I I couldn't I couldn't do it. But uh, and quite frankly, I, I I'd be bored to death. I, you know what are you going to play golf every day and and sit there and drink beer on the golf court? I'm the, I'm not the kind of guy. So. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, the answer to that question is yes, but yeah. My idea of golf is I'll go once a week, some mornings, and I'll play eighteen holes in two and a half hours. That's my idea. Yeah. Hey, I do like I do like the two and a half hour things. Four, four or five hours is too long. Yeah, but uh, I'm just not game for you know looking for things to do every day. I'd rather have that purpose and and just keep flying. And hopefully, what I've been teaching people in my company and and people in the community that they'll carry the torch when I do you know move on. Mm -hmm. You're still a member at Biddeford Soccer Rotary Club. We've, we've talked about that a little bit, but how are things going with the chapter? I, I know it was tough times with COVID and stuff, but you guys are still meeting on a weekly basis, still working on projects. Is that the case? Yeah. COVID obviously put a damper on things. And and you recall when you were back in the club actively, Randy, you know, we had 60, 65 members there. And, you know, it's now we've got, you know, 2025, 20, but I think it's growing again. Mm -hmm. uh, it, Good people really want to do things for the community. Some of us that have been there a long time are still heavily involved with the community, directly doing projects for the community, whether it be for the gardens of Biddeford or, you know, helping the Esther House or, or helping, you know, any of the food food banks here. You know, we've, we've done a whole bunch of different projects over the years that people, you know, people understand the Rotary Club helped achieve the bike path and walkway on, on the ferry road. That's one of the big accomplishments there of our club. So the Rotary club has had their fingers in so many different things. People don't realize it. So it was always eye opening for me to hear, Oh, Rotary helped with that or helped with this. And it's, it's all over the community. And so, and it's all over communities across the country and the world. So it's good to hear things are back on the upswing. I had to step away when I started my uh, my business but i hope to get back at some point and well it's good you got to hear business and you got a lot going on business family coaching it's all good stuff man so School that's committee you know no Honestly, I, I don't know that i could ever contribute to your level but you are definitely a model for me and i hope for a lot of other people as trying to find different ways to give back to the community and be part of the solution for things not part of the problem not complaining about things but just like trying to fix things you know absolutely absolutely i i agree we just we all have to stay connected. That's the word I'm going to use often. It's just you mm -hmm. got to be connected all the time. And uh, Rotary, Rotary is a great place for that. I mean, we had our 103rd. It was supposed to be a hundred year hundred year anniversary of our club, but it was 103 this year uh, because of COVID. They delayed it a bit, yeah. and it was just nice yeah. to see everybody gather together and and have a little celebration of what the hard work they've done over the years 
you know, and one person comes to mind as we're having this conversation about community stuff. And I don't know if you're aware of, but you remember Earl Goodwin, who is a chronic rink man. manager here and, and referee and just a community leader here for us passed on. It's going on a couple of years now, but we, we created the Earl Goodwin Kindness Day in our club, which is a pretty unique thing. Our club will take, I think we took about $10,000 this year and dispersed it to a variety of local organizations. We'd have a meeting at lunch, we'd grab a bag of lunch and we'd take cash or, or goods or, or items and bring them to anybody from the homeless to veterans to food pantries, schools. We, we move money around to different people that need it in the community and we call it Errol Goodwin Kindness Day, which is pretty awesome. It's a great tribute to him. He was an awesome guy. I enjoyed the time I would spend with him at Rotary. I, one of my good memories of him was just always seeing him at the parking lot by Biddeford Savings, you know, just <laughs> kind of catching up with him for a few over there. He was always yeah. up, up for a conversation. He was a good dude. So I'm glad you're able to name that after him. He had a great yeah. impact on the community. That's a that's a better memory of him than the inadvertent whistle at, on the on the football field, right? So, <laughs> you know, I don't think of him that way. You know, now you mention it, like I know that that was a, a thing for him, but I just don't I don't remember him that way. I always used to tease him a little bit. So, <laughs> he he's a great guy. Are you guys doing any more Rotary houses, or is that like the thing yeah. that kind of happened in the past and it worked good at the time, but not part of the future plans? So I don't have to tell you with your business what the price of real estate is anymore. So. No, <laughs> We uh, we were able to secure some properties and remodel, as you remember, uh, mm -hmm. a couple, three of them. But uh, with the cost of, of real estate now, there's no more opportunity like that. However, we are doing some uh, some smaller units, and this is to help another cause that I'm involved with. Is uh, Funtown USA obviously has to hire hundreds of J1s every year from from abroad to help them with their shortage of workforce, yep. and uh, they need housing for them. So I offered out to do two, twofold. We end up teaching the, the kids at the Center of Technology through the building trades, the electrical, the plumbing, the architectural. We get them all involved and engaged in building some small cabins for Funtown, which creates housing for J1. So it's like a threefold. We're getting to teach everybody a little bit about everything. So That's great. I know well what Funtown schedule is nowadays and how the shortage of workers affects that and where the kids always want to go and I don't think they were open on Mondays and they're not open past six maybe like they used to be so we can get some housing just for for them for places in the area I think that that's great such an issue right now in the community in the world absolutely and they're always thinking outside the box to make sure that they can provide for the community because it is it yeah, the memories of, you know, I remember Jonathan and you, you and Matt must remember when you were younger going there too with family and stuff. It's just stuff that sticks with you forever. That's a place to make memories. You know, I'm glad they're still open after COVID. I'm sure it was a, a struggle and it probably still is, but that is definitely a staple of the community. If we didn't have fun town, that would be a huge loss for the, the kids and families of the community. So that's nice yeah. to be able to help them get to the next level. And they're actually, we've been building a new attraction for them over there. And it's, it's a bit of a, it's a Disney attraction. It's a, it's a, something you won't see anywhere else in the Northeast no here, kidding. which is opening very soon here. So pretty exciting. It's about, a, you get on a car inside. We took the old theater and created a, basically a, a small, co it's a small coaster ride. It goes through different doors, animatronics, and <laughs> you shoot things. It's a, it's a witch's house. It's a pretty, pretty wild ride. Really? Not, I did not, not know that this, have they publicized this? I don't know how I couldn't have heard of this. Yeah. So they haven't really publicized it yet because we're yeah. just getting state fire marshal approval this week and local mm -hmm. code enforcement this week. So 
within the next week or two here, you'll see an unveiling of this project. And it's a ride that people will, it'll blow their mind. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. Where is it on the grounds? So if you, you were said headed, the old theater, but that doesn't register for me. Yeah. So the old theater is the mouse roller coaster. If you remember, you know what that is? That's a smaller roller coaster on the, if you were going into the park, it'd be almost the furthest point, almost to the Honda dealership. There's a small roller coaster over there. And it's also on the way towards the casino ride, which isn't far from there. And the teacups, yeah. I think, is in that area as well. So, But it's a big steel building, and they've done some amazing decorating for this thing to, to bring the theme together of the, the haunted house and the witch. And, and it's just, and it's interactive, which is even more fun. So people will be you know, shooting things or sit from the car. And it's, it's animatronics is pretty cool with video and, and fog. And I mean, it's just amazing. So That's awesome. Can't wait to check that out. Got to get there soon. You know, the kids have been asking to get over there. It's always a fun time. So it's nice that you're able to help out with that stuff too, man. It's just awesome. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to take any more of your time. I wanted to, to get you on the podcast just to talk about all the stuff that you get going on and create some community awareness of especially the My Place Teen Center. And it's nice to shed some light on the things that you've done over the years, your business, all that sort of stuff, because I know the community really appreciates all the work that you do. So, and I do as well. So thank you very much. Thank you, Randy. So we'll be in touch, bud. All right. You betcha. Take care.